Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we are talking about quiet quitting. Why is this a problem and what you can do about it? So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Hey, leaders. I'm your coach, Adam. Here to have an honest talk about leadership, the obstacles you might face, and how to refine your leadership skills to help you become the leader I know you are. So let's grab a drink, sit back, relax, and have a chat. Quiet quitting. This has been a concept that has recently come up because of social media. The thing is that quiet quitting is nothing new. It has been around for generations. It has been around at least since the dawn of the Roman Empire, if not longer. And it's only recently come to have its own little term and kind of discussion in the broader sphere of things. But in the leadership sphere, we've been talking about this for a very long time. We just use different words for it. But quiet quitting is doing the minimum possible at your job. You're doing enough that you can't get fired, but you're not going above and beyond. You're not giving the work 110%. You're not giving it 120%. And this has a lot of leaders, entrepreneurs, businesses quite worried because they essentially have a very stagnant workforce. If left unchecked, quiet quitting will result in reduction in profits, reduction in worker output. It will reduce the amount of creativity and engagement going on. And ultimately, if not addressed properly, could lead to a business or organization's complete failure. It's kind of a big deal. In the leadership sphere of things, we tend to talk about motivating our workforce. How do we get the best out of them? How do we keep our workers engaged? How do we keep them from rust out or burnout? Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about how do we prevent our employees from quiet quitting? That's really what we're discussing. We just didn't use the term quiet quitting. And to understand quiet quitting a little bit more, in the previous episode about workaholics, we talked about the work-life balance. And specifically focusing in on work, there was a scale. Where on the far right-hand side, you had workaholics. In the middle of this scale, you had work-engaged. And on the left-hand side of the scale you have, I'm just here for a paycheck. Well, quiet quitting falls strictly on that left-hand side of the scale in that I'm just here for a paycheck. These are workers that they have no desire to go anywhere with the company for maybe various reasons. Maybe they're upset with the company. It doesn't really much matter. What matters is that they are disengaged from what's going on And they are firmly seated in the, I'm just here for a paycheck, nothing more. I'm not interested in going places. And so the question really becomes is, how do we move those individuals from I'm just here for a paycheck into work engaged? That is the big question. That is what we want, the question that we want to answer. So before we dive into quiet quitting, and how to kind of solve this, we kind of need to understand why it happens. And 
the reason why quiet quitting happens is because of poor leadership. Quiet quitting is a reflection of poor leadership. If leaders are doing their jobs, this shouldn't really be a problem. But what we tend to see now is that leaders get stacked with way too many tasks and responsibilities, and they're not doing their job, which is really to lead their people. They're just not doing that anymore, which means that they're disconnected from their team. They're disconnected from the people they're supposed to lead, and they don't really know what the hell's going on. And it's really because these leaders don't understand what's going on that they fail to understand the reasons why their employees or their team members are disengaging. And they could be disengaging for a number of reasons. To kind of help illustrate why people quiet quit, I'll actually tell you a story about a conversation I had with an individual. And this was just a very casual conversation I had with a leader. He was running a major organization, and he was actually having a problem with quiet quitting. Although at the time, we were talking about it as worker disengagement. The workers were not participating in meetings. They weren't talking to management. There's this huge divide. And in the conversation, it became clear to me that this leader, and we'll call him Terry, Terry lacked perspective. And so as I'm talking with him, I remember asking him, well, why should your employees give you 110%? And he said, well, we have great benefits. We pay market rates in regards with wages they have vacation time, they have time off, we have personal development time. And he hosted all these reasons why working at this job was such an amazing thing. And I spent some time digging into it. And this is what I found out. The paycheck that he was paying his employees was market rate, which meant that if that employee left that job, they could be paid the exact same amount at any other job, which means that there's no real reason to stick around at that job. It's not like they're being paid more. When it came to benefits, their benefits were actually on par with every other organization out there. When it came to personal development, they had clearly stated they would only allow personal development that would benefit the company. They wouldn't allow you to learn a new skill or a degree if it did not benefit the company. So there's really no reason for individuals that are looking to expand their skill set or move into different fields to give 110%. When it came to days off, it was bog standard. Again, they offered nothing special, absolutely nothing special. And when we looked at upwards momentum, it became painfully obvious that the company hired externally for their leadership. They didn't hire internally. There was no education to help individuals move up the ladder into a leadership position. Because again, they hired externally. So if you joined this organization or company, you had no future. The company had clearly stated it's not going to help you develop your skills. You can get a paycheck the same paycheck, anywhere you go, 
you can get the same benefits anywhere you go. Like, the job was essentially a dead-end job. There was no future at this job. And when I really dived into this with Terry, Terry had to take a step back and be like, ah, crap. Like, why should my workers put 110% into the job? It, It does them no good. Like, there's no reason to help my business thrive. And it was one of those moments of, well, if you want your workers to really start engaging, you're going to have to fix some things. On top of that, we also dived into work culture. And we noticed that management was really disengaged with their workers. They weren't having casual conversations. Their managers were actually absentee managers, which is shameful. This caused huge problems, especially during performance reviews, where performance reviews are one of the places to keep your workers engaged. Like, this is the time to sit down with them and say, where do you want to go with your time in our company? Like, what do you hope to accomplish? What is your five-year plan? And how can we assist you in getting there? And by assisting you in your personal goals, what we ask is that you help us build our company. Like, that just wasn't happening. In fact, no performance reviews were happening. And it was just blowing my mind. But again, when I'm sitting down with Terry, it became painfully obvious, like there was no reason for anybody to go above and beyond at this job. It was literally just a paycheck. It was a dead end job. And when Terry kind of came to this realization himself, he was like, huh, maybe if I paid above market rate, maybe if we stopped hiring externally for our leadership and created an internal leadership program. Maybe if we remove the practice of personal development for just helping the company to helping the worker, maybe we can start turning this around. And that's really got Terry going on turning his business, his organization around, which is crucial to really changing things around and pulling our workers from I'm just here for a paycheck into that work-engaged space. And I'm not going to lie to you. Terry had a hell of a lot of work cut out for himself, mainly because it took years, years for the work culture to deteriorate to this point. It took years for their leadership to deteriorate to the point that they're just not talking with their people. Like, this is years of work that he now has to undo, which is going to take him years to fix. The sad reality, though, is that many organizations are not like Terry. They just want a quick fix. They just want a Band-Aid solution. And that just isn't going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you that to really get into how to engage your workers. We're talking years of work. We're talking cultural shifts in a leadership position. We're talking creation of programs. We're talking movement of leaders, maybe putting leaders in the right seat or removing leaders off the bus altogether and saying, you know what, thank you for your time, but our company is moving really in a different direction.
So to kind of come back to it, quiet quitting can happen for a number of reasons. It is always a reflection of leadership. But in saying that, when we look at quiet quitting, it's usually caused by an erosion of the culture, disconnect between leadership and their team members because they're no longer talking anymore. They're no longer doing what's important. They're no longer having the performance reviews. They're no longer having rapport building conversations. There's no future at a company or organization. There's no upward momentum at all. There's the pay isn't competitive. It's actually the same as everybody else. And so there's no reason to keep the job when you can get this job anywhere else. There's no professional development opportunities, and there's no real way to spread your wings and fly as a worker because your organization puts up too many hurdles, too many obstacles in the way. If I'm a team member and I'm going to my manager or my leadership and I ask them about personal development and they say, hey, we'll pay for any personal development that you want to do as long as it benefits us. I'm sitting there going, what the hell does that mean? What would benefit you guys? Do you want me to do a horse and pony show where I come up with three fake reasons why you should let me do this professional development? Like It's just backwards. It just doesn't make sense. And if you're going to put all these obstacles up, again, many employees and many team members are just going to be like, I'm not interested. Like, this is, sounds like way too much work than what it's worth. Another thing to consider is that maybe your team member has bigger plans and aspirations outside of your company or organization. And again, this is a failure of leadership because if your employee and or team member has quiet quit, you should be having conversations with them. You should have built that rapport, that relationship to be able to inquire into like what's going on. Why are they not interested in working? Why aren't they giving their 110%? That really should have happened. And through those conversations, you might find out that they're actually starting their own business. They might have aspirations in a completely different area in life and they're too busy building that and they just don't care about their job anymore. This is actually a very common thing in entrepreneurial circles. A lot of entrepreneurs will tell young aspiring entrepreneurs, go get a nine to five job that's really easy. Go there just to get a paycheck. Because in the evenings, that's when you're going to be building your business. That's where you're going to be building your future. It's not this job. Nobody cares about this job. What's actually important is your business that you're going to be building. That will be your legacy. And again, as a leader, if you're having these conversations with your team members and you find that out, that is huge. That's gold. You figured out... Again, why this individual is not engaged. And we can push them, even though they don't see themselves having a future at this organization, we can help push them still into that work-engaged mode through a conversation. And if I was in that seat, if I was the leadership that had heard that I had an employee and or team member that was building their own business, I'd be sitting down with them and saying, that's so awesome. What can we do to help you? 
Like, let's talk. Let's let's make an, a bargain. Let's make an offer. I will help you build your business. I will help you thrive as an individual. But in return, you will be here and you're going to give my give the 110%. I'm going to be flexible with you. I'm going to help you succeed in your future. But in return, you're going to be here helping me with my job. And that's the conversation that should be happening. But what I tend to see with leadership is that just doesn't happen. They're not building these relationships. They're not having these hard conversations or these conversations at all with their workers. And they tend to stick with status quo. And they don't think above and beyond what makes their job special. Because again, the question you should always be asking is, why should your team members care? Why should they care about their job beyond the fact that it's just a paycheck? The sad thing that I do notice is that leaders tend to answer this question by saying, you're a professional. This is the expectation. <sighs> no. That's a terrible answer to this question. As somebody who's worked in the medical field, I will tell you right now, you will be shocked at the amount of medical professionals that have quiet quit. They just don't care. The rule of thumb in nursing when I was in the hospital was, keep your patient alive to the end of your shift. After that, it's somebody else's problem. And you might think that's a little messed up until you realize that in the medical system, you are literally a cog in the machine. You're never going to management. You're never going to make more money than what your union has allotted for you. You're never going to go anywhere. And when you break from overwork, from exhaustion, from burnout, from mental health issues, they'll just find a new nurse to replace you. Like, that's the sad reality of it. I had a colleague who killed herself. There was no fanfare. There was no funeral that we were made aware of. There was nothing. We just got informed that she had passed away, and that was it. And you want to hear the really messed up thing? They replaced her within two weeks. If that doesn't scream, you're replaceable, I don't know what does. And when the rest of the team members saw that, do you think they started giving two shits about their job? No. They realized their job didn't give two shits about them, and so they all quiet quit. <sighs> and keep in mind, this is a profession that is dedicated to helping patients get better, to help people, life and death. But anyways, I digress. To kind of go over a lot of what we've just talked about, quiet quitting is when people lean into, I'm just here for a paycheck. They're doing the bare minimum. They're not interested in going above and beyond. Our job as leaders is to pull them back into work engaged. And the thing to think about is why should they 
care about their job? That is a question you have to answer. And you got to take a look at professional development. Is there upward momentum in your organization? Is the pay competitive? Or are you paying your workers above average? How are your benefits? Are your benefits good? Or are they bog standard for the industry? What makes your job? What makes your organization stand out? Why should people care to give 110%? Do you even provide your team members with a future? These are questions you have to answer. You also have to start looking inwardly because, again, quiet quitting is 100% a reflection of the leadership. Is your leadership having conversations? Are they building rapport with their team members? Are they figuring out what their team members' dreams are? Are they connected with their team or are they disconnected with their team? How is the culture at this organization? These are questions we have to answer as well. And once we answer these questions, then we can start tackling quiet quitting and start really shifting the work culture and the organization to creating a work-engaged environment. And that's where we start seeing the real magic happen. With that, we come to the end of another episode in the podcast. If you do have more questions in regards with quiet quitting, what it is and kind of how to help overcome it within your organization, feel free to send me an email at amelnick at sittingthelead.com and hopefully we can get you on the right track. And with that, I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, head over to www.seatingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today. Gary, I love how you wake up and you demand love during the middle of a podcast when I'm recording, but then you just try to run away. Anything to say for yourself?